You're listening to Spice Radio, 1200 AMs, The Morning Buzz, and we are speaking to Margaret Dovgal, Managing Director at Resource Work Society. And this week's topic is LNG comes to BC, the international gathering in Vancouver this week, and a new energy export industry for Canada. Margaret, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Wonderful to be here. Good morning, Karen. Now, please get us up to speed on what's been going on at LNG 2023, and what have you been focused on? Oh, it's the world's largest liquefied natural gas conference, and it is in town this week. Uh, after a very busy week with over 15,000 attendees, today is the final day. And in addition to a very major trade show featuring what I feel is an incredible assortment of company pavilions offering things like coffee and stuffed animals, snacks, and lots of rich local and global insights from experts around the globe, um, there's also been a very interesting agenda, quite busy, quite jam-packed, business and policy heavy hitters, uh, speaking on all sorts of topics, some of them overlapping, a couple of them very, very unique. But before I get into the agenda and the learnings from it, I just want to help our listeners picture what's really going on inside the trade show. Uh, You know, you walk in and you're surrounded by bright lights and pavilions that have been built over many days. Uh, Some of these have shag carpets and uh, armchairs and uh, rooms set aside for meetings. And essentially, it's an opportunity for each exhibitor to showcase their best whether that's their home company's culture, the Japanese brought some sake to a reception, or their senior-most company executives ready to meet with potential business partners around the world. And while the topics on the agenda have spanned every aspect of the business, I felt that the networking space for these critical side conversations has really been pivotal. And I've personally been quite pleased with the people from around the world that I've been able to meet. I hear there was also a diplomatic forum on Monday, and although that's not something I'm privy to, uh, I know it's an excellent example of the need for forums like this one to advance global priorities across a range of different ways of gathering people together. And of course, it's a great honor for Canada to host this one this year. And now senior business and government leaders from Canada have been in attendance, including as major sponsors and speakers. Would you please recap their objectives and what attendees have heard? In my view, the most important goal for us is signal Canada's readiness to lead the world in LNG and to also emphasize our regulatory maturity and stability as a host government for this industry. And as uh, this year's host country, we also enjoy some special perks. We have enabled the world to see our priorities through our own lens, uh, and that's really invaluable. But beyond that, making these valuable connections with customers and clients is paramount. Uh, And of course, what government says, who says it from government, how it is said, actually lays the groundwork for our companies to move ahead in securing the necessary investment and contracts uh, with buyers, partners, suppliers, all of the above. Uh, and we definitely heard in the lead in the last couple of years that uh, not all the necessary signals have been received, uh, but I felt that uh, yesterday's comments uh, from Minister Boisonneau on behalf of the federal government were quite positive. Uh, and he said, I quote, uh, this is why the development of an at-scale LNG economy is a strategic priority for Canada. We need it to diversify our future energy mix, generate economic benefits, and achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050. And uh, that's been a really big one. I also felt that the response from industry has been broadly positive. Um, A really important piece as well has been the inclusion of the Indigenous perspective. And we see that with stunning, rich cultural uh, displays, presentations, uh, performances from some of the greatest creators uh, in Indigenous communities. Uh, we see that by hearing from those who are leading Indigenous LNG. Uh, we know that's Canadian LNG uh, because Indigenous participation and leadership is such a core component of how the sector is moving together. And as a whole, there's a theme that the sector has 
actually been a really big part of overcoming historical exclusion involving indigenous communities in things like project design, employment, revenue sharing, and promoting economic reconciliation and ownership. And we hear very, very often uh, from the communities we work with in ResourceWorks that many communities want to be a part of sustainable solutions and also to support responsible development. Um, so we hear about projects like Cedar LNG, an indigenous majority-owned project. Um, that's going to be a really exciting one as it moves forward, and many, many others that are expected. Um, so that's a piece that I'm glad that the world is hearing from Canada, and I'm also glad that the government uh, has been here to share its piece and emphasize the case that Canada is ready for this opportunity. Mm. And let's take a global perspective on this for a moment. What are international leaders sharing, and how does it connect with challenges and opportunities for Canada? Well, as a whole, the industry and its senior leadership, despite spanning dozens of countries and cultures from all around the world, is broadly quite plugged in to the major issues that the world faces today. And LNG is not a peripheral sector, plugging away somewhere in the background without much impact on the world, but it's actually one directly involved in the most critical challenges of our time. And these boil down to what experts call the energy trilemma, affordability. Can you afford the energy that you need uh, at the time that you need it to do the things you want to do with it, which is every aspect of everyday life? Sustainability. Can we trust that the sourcing, the transportation, um, the consumption are being done as sustainably as possible, both in relation to fighting climate change and also protecting local environments. And finally, security. Can we get supply when we need it um, and you know, navigate uh, past any challenges in terms of global conflict and geopolitics, uh, which do sometimes threaten security? Um, so these are all quite key, and we keep hearing these themes emphasized. But there's also a fourth component here being emphasized uh, at this conference and elsewhere, and that's equity. Uh, right now, the world's approach to emissions reduction is based on nationally determined contributions, NDCs. So, in other words, your country's development status, um, how high the quality of life is for people, uh, how in- advanced your industrial base is, uh, actually affects um, what your country is expected to do to address decarbonization and the fight against climate change. So, within those NDCs and the energy sector's broad sense of social responsibility, is also this notion that we need to fight energy poverty. Many people today live in unacceptable poverty. You know, we've made significant strides as a world in eliminating extreme poverty. Uh, Not fully, but we're making headway on that, where severe food insecurity prevents people from having the very, very basic essentials of life. But uh, for much of the world, you know, there's food, there's shelter, uh, maybe not perfectly, but um, affordability and being able to prioritize among all the things that people need for their lives is a challenge because energy is expensive, it's hard to access, it's intermittent, it's not always there when you need it, uh, and that really prevents people's quality of life from improving, uh, whether they're living in small towns, small communities and villages in the countryside, or they're living in big cities, but their incomes are just not high enough. Um, So without that critical piece, that energy affordability, every aspect of modern life is inaccessible. So uh, we're hearing over and over this theme that LNG has a role, LNG exports, Uh, not only can provide access to basic energy needs to be met in emerging economies, but also for the ones that have this resource, that want to partner globally to provide it to the world where it's needed, it can provide revenue streams for economic development. And that's jobs, that's uh, taxes that flow into governments that can be reinvested into things that elevate people's well-being and the comfort and security of their families. And... We also know that natural gas remains necessary, uh, not only in these emerging economies, but also in 
industrial sectors where it's hard to abate emissions. You need very specific fuels for specific applications. Um, so overall, you know, this is something that I'm spending a lot of time thinking about, and it sounds uh, like the global leaders that present at this forum are doing that too. And there's one more aspect I wanted to emphasize, timing and trends. Uh, there were two things here. You know, there's the supply of gas. Uh, we have it globally in many, many pockets. Canada has a huge, huge resource, um, but the money's also there to invest. The challenge is that building the infrastructure to export and transport takes time. It takes coordination domestically and internationally. And if we want to put LNG fully to work as a transition fuel or even as a destination fuel, that is to say in applications where it can be the final use, uh, final fuel for use, not as a stepping stone in energy transition, it requires all of these pieces to be rolled out collaboratively. And it requires businesses in turn to present a compelling business case to their investors. So getting to low cost and low emissions complicated technology is quite key. And uh, someone said, if you're not cost competitive, you don't really have a place to play in this industry. That's an important message for Canada. And this being a global conference, we've heard from many major players in this space, including Australia, China, the United States, Japan, and Qatar, the world's largest producer of LNG. They're making significant strides uh, in increasing that. I think they're going to over 120 million tons per year of export, a huge fleet of LNG carriers. Um, so that, this is a major country that's moving it. And one of the pieces that interests me is they're backing up their production with two important technologies for sustainability. Uh, carbon capture, CO2 sequestration. They take the carbon uh, that is emitted uh, uh, or could be emitted during the production of LNG. They put it underground or maybe utilize it. And also solar power to really, really drive um, the electrification component of industry. So that's quite interesting to me. Uh, you know, solar is something there's, a lot of <laughs> in the desert, but a little bit harder where we are. Uh, but nevertheless, um, they're going actually, as Qatar, to be the host of the next LNG gathering, LNG uh, 2025. So all eyes will be on them shortly after we're done with this one. And one more thing, Margarita, what are the next steps for the world on this file? Well, someone said that the flow of natural gas supply, um, as it currently stands, has actually reversed from going counterclockwise around the world to clockwise. Uh, Russia now supplies gas to Asia instead of Europe. Um, that's actually led to an increased reliance on LNG for global trade. Um, in North America, uh, there's been a big transition. Um, Canada, U.S., Mexico have begun, become increasingly important in that sector. Um, so there's an obvious interrelationship between geopolitics and trade flows for this product. That has fundamental implications for energy security, uh, and we know right now it's uh, playing a critical role in Europe's energy security, replacing coal, reducing emissions. Um, so there's a couple of mechanisms that I just want to leave us with um, that the world needs to adopt as a whole to move in the right direction, collaboratively, cohesively. Uh, the first of which is flexibility, uh, and also coupled with long-term contracts to enhance reliability. Uh, you know, there's going to be shifts and changes in who needs what product when, um, and the market needs to be able to have those needs met, and businesses need to be able to supply that. So that's one piece that uh, the sector is working on. Uh, the second one is innovation, delivered through partnerships based on trust. Not every country has all the expertise or the money it needs domestically uh, in order to facilitate LNG export. Uh, Canada, you know, we have a lot of the products, but we've partnered uh, with many, many countries from around the world in projects like LNG Canada and Wood Fiber LNG to make this happen. And there's a lot of really cool technologies that are being explored right now that really increase the efficiency and the cutting-edge nature of this sector. And the third component is regulatory stability and enabling frameworks. Uh, you know, infrastructure is expensive. <laughs> Nothing's getting cheaper out there. Uh, and technology needs to unlock it. But 
to get to the technology and the money to build that technology, uh, we need good regulatory process uh, to surround it and to adapt to all the changes that come. So um, that's also a challenge for Canada. And finally, um, we've got to keep our eye on the prize. Uh, a lot of the problems we saw over the last couple of years with energy prices spiking globally actually came because we massively underinvested in gas production and energy as a whole. And uh, we hear this from many, many producers. Canadian ones do this very well. In order to get that investor certainty so that money can flow, you need to secure local buy-in. And as you do that, you also need to work closely with your host governments, make sure that the infrastructure, the support is there. And I'm excited by what all of this means. I'll leave us with one quote. Andy Kalitz uh, said recently at this conference that the route to Asia starts here in Vancouver. And I'm excited what that means for us, not just uh, coming to the end of this week, but for many, many years to come. Margareta, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. You take care. All the best.